are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we're the hosts of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your first listen every day. And remember, our podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. I think our subscriber count is up around where we're looking to have it, or at I, least that next benchmark. Last time I checked, Kevin, it was a 238. So we've blown past the league average for the, the, right. the 2021 season for the batting average. So what what's our next, uh, you know... I think uh, 260 sounds good. 260 sounds good. 260. Eventually 300. Oh, boy. Eventually prolific 300 hitter is what we're looking for. Like it. That I would like be it. nice. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockdownRays, and you can email us your mailbag questions or send us a voicemail, uh, voice memo, I should say, uh, LockdownRays at gmail.com. Speaking of mailbag, Ulysses, it's a Monday, and we're going to try something new. And do a little Mailbag Monday Woohoo. action today. And we have some great questions. And we're always looking for uh, more great questions as well. So uh, shall we dive into it? I think we should. And you know what? This 2022 season, we, we, we really want to lean on the mailbag. So mm-hmm. always any little question, concern, suggestion, just shoot it our way. Yes, very good. Uh, this first one from Darren Hyper. He says... Uh, which Rays player will be most advantaged by the ban on shifts, which will probably happen in 2023? Do you think righties who can go the other way or lefties? Any rule that hurts one player has to help another, right? Question mark. Good question, Darren. Uh, thank you for writing us. Uh, I would say, mm-hmm. do you ha- do we have to just pick one guy? I, it, that, that's the game. One guy, right? Sure. You go ahead. Brandon Lau. Okay. I got to go with Brandon Lau. So many grounded into second or liners that are hard and get into the outfield grass. But then, of course, the second baseman is playing there. When you ban that shift, I think Brandon Lau's production is going to just increase uh, way higher than it already is. So I'm just I'm looking forward to that. I, I don't think he'll have to get into his head so much, which I think is a is, right. it's a problem. I I don't want to be a therapist from watching TV and all mm-hmm. that. But I think with his struggles in the past during his cold streaks in the playoffs, you could say that maybe he just maybe uh, gets to, to think too much right. at the box. And that's not what you want with the banning of the shift. I think Brendan Lau can just focus on having his normal swing and the production will be there. Uh isn't that sort of what happened in the playoffs where he, at least in game one, he hit the ball hard a couple of times, but it was sort of in the shift or at least to the right side of the infield. Yeah. And that did mess with his psyche in some shape or form. I think generally just, you know, pull heavy left-handed boppers. They're going to mm-hmm. benefit from some sort of ban on shift being enacted, which by the way, is that actually going to happen is there really going to be a ban on shift in 2023 or is it still being mold? Is it just it's happening, baby? Okay. So that's just like the larger bases and just like the pitch clock, they're just going to be in 2023. <sighs> now, what we don't know yet is the specifics on what banning the shift actually means. Is it two 
infielders on either side of second base at all times? Mm -hmm. Is it not touching the grass, any of the infielders at all? Uh, Is it before the pitch is thrown? So perhaps you put a shortstop real close to the second base bag, and as soon as the pitch is thrown, then you can see that uh, athletic shortstop make the move to the right of second base. We don't know that. Yeah, I know uh, last season uh, MLB did institute multiple types of shift restrictions in double-A, just like you mentioned. Actually, it's kind of funny because the effect was sort of minimal on batting average on balls in play, which I don't know if in the majors that would quite happen. But I think generally, tell me if I'm wrong here. So the shift or banning the shift would uh, add value to already elite defenders? Ah, you switched. That was a plot to of a sentence. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with left-handed power hitters. Well, that too. Yeah. That is also where I think it would help the Brandon Lau, Joey Gallo types where, uh, in, in essence, those extreme pull side hitters would be back in style mm-hmm. and there would be less of a need or a necessity or a demand for the slap hitter. Hey, you can hit the ball the other way. Oh man, Manny Margot, Yandy Diaz, hit the ball the other way. That's not quite needed as much if you're going to have a ban on the shift. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, but I, I, I can also see the fact that just because the banning of the shift is happening, let's say if it's just two guys on either side of the bag, there will still be some sort of shift yeah. within those new parameters. So um, I still feel the that, that same way that I do right now, which is if you can go the other way, that'll always help you even if they try to ban right. the shift. Like, I still think that there's some value to that. And but I think it's, but it's less valued. Maybe, perhaps. But I, I think that's why this front office with the Rays is just so, so damn special. Because now look back at all that they have acquired since around 2017. Yeah. It's guys that can go the other way, athletic types, middle of the infield mm-hmm. type of guys. They saw, look, this shift thing is going to go out the way. We need to just be able to spray the ball everywhere. And I think that's going to be very beneficial. And I also think having infielders that have a lot of range, I think is going to help that cause as well. Yes. Uh, Do you think this rule change of banning shifts or tampering down on the ability to shift as much as you would like to, uh, will that even further eliminate the bunt? (laughs) Dude, what's up with people in the bunt? I, 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 you know, I think there's a, always a place for bunting. I really yeah. do. I, 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 I don't think it's a bad play. I think sometimes maybe it was overused in the past. Right. But I, 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 I don't understand this just completely obliterating something that, that can work. If, you, if you're a race fan, you can't tell me bunting doesn't work when you watch Ben Zobrist yeah. bunt. You maybe can't it's tell just me that. aesthetically not fun of and people think it's sort of like a cheapy bush league oh that's how you got a hit by bunting uh, against the shift one okay. of the one of the most in thrilling and exciting plays are a suicide squeeze so and that and that you know with a bunt that that can be really really fun especially that man on first and third the joe madden special yeah i, I still feel like there is a space for bunting in the game Maybe, like you said, maybe with this shift, you know, Joey Gallo won't have to 
put one or Brandon Lau to the third base right. side, just pushing it over just to get ahead a because they're 0 for 19 uh, in, in their last go-aheads. But I, I just refuse to believe that baseball has no space for bunting. Uh, it'd be funny if uh, bunting does come back in style and is utilized a lot more. Like if that comes back around, like at some point an MLB team is like, Hey, let's go after a, a college softball player. Who's a great bunter because that's like all they do in college softball. Seemingly is just lay down bunt after bunt after bunt, just to try to squeeze a two, one win. Out of Ask thing. Terrence Gore if having a yeah. niche ability doesn't give you, um, uh, World Series ranks. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you never know. It's a, it's a good point. I also think that, um, I mean, not that he's around anymore, but like older, like I remember AJ Burnett hated, hated the shift. Even if the yeah. numbers showed improved at work, it was just such a mind F for a guy that grew up in the game without shift. And, and then when he, I, it was actually when he got to the Pirates that they started utilizing that. And he was like, I don't, I'm not a fan of this. I wonder if there's some older level pitchers that, would kind of like, oh man, we're going back to uh, the old days where I'm not getting. Uh, That's really funny. Messed up by what you're going to leave the in- you're, you're going to leave the entire side of that infield open. Give me a pitcher who made their debut in like 2010. Uh, I mean, I know guys who've made their debut before then. You know, no, like no. Matt- give me a 2010 guy because like we can see that you know the race started 08, 09, 10 with the shifting. Like, who is a starting pitcher? who began their career in 2010. Well, David Price. Yeah. 2009, you know. Maybe a guy. Yeah, exactly. So he's always lived in a shift era of baseball. Right. And now in his Oh, so it goes the other way. He's like, oh, man, I'm actually living the type of baseball that used to happen beforehand. It's crazy. Yeah. Great question from uh, Darren there. And, you know, really, I I guess I just – I can't – Brandon Lau is probably the best case for that as far as being a, a beneficiary yeah. for that going forward. Uh, okay, uh, we've got more mailbag questions, but first, got to tell you a couple of things. Uh, we got to remind you that it is that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Bet online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head over to the Bet Online website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and actions. Uh, action, I should say. Uh, Bet online. It is where the game starts. You know, quick little aside before we get to our second question. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow was like a big thing when I got to America, to the U.S. Oh, he's still a big thing. Well, I mean, <laughs> yes. But he was. But 2003, he was like, you know, in college, just breaking records. And I mean, literally that. kind of God's gift to her. I mean, so I, I remember just being just being introduced to American culture and 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 mm-hmm. Tim Tebow being one of those things, because like college football, like I was like, why yes. do people care about college sports? This is so weird. Like, I, you know. But that was a yeah. you know a, a big introduction to American culture. And you're probably like, why do people care about college football and college basketball, but can't stand or care about college baseball? <laughs> what yeah. is going on here? What is that? By the way, who is the Venezuelan <laughs> version of Tim Tebow? 
Oh my gosh. Or is there sort of an equivalent? I would have to think about that one. Athlete (laughs) humanitarian type. Well, Miggy actually does a lot for the community in Venezuela. Um, so I, I would yeah. have to say him first, but, uh, something tells Bobby me Abreu that... does that too. Okay. He's got an Academy okay. back there. And then man, he, what he's doing is really, really cool. Bobby Abreu is okay. Pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know about, uh, I mean, I'm sure Miggy Cabrera does a lot for the community, but yeah. as far as, uh, I think it's Miggy's amigos in okay. Detroit. It's like, they give them like equipment yeah. to get started in the inner cities and stuff. I'm just talking about like uh party and lifestyle and so forth. Oh, everybody Tebow parties. And, oh. <laughs> Miggy, I am willing to go on record that he parties more than Tim Tebow ever has partied. I, I, I would think so. Or yes. maybe they have different definitions of party. There you go. That's it. Partying for Tim Tebow is Bible study. Uh, partying for Miggy Cabrera is, well, how most Thanks. of us know partying. partying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so let's, let's uh, move on to this next question uh, from Zach Dab. He uh, asked us, uh, how do the changes to the rules I assume uh, shift rules uh, affect the race plans for Wander Franco from a positional standpoint. Is it more likely now that he moves to third, especially considering we have a defensive wizard like Taylor Walls ready to go? Look, mo- multiple questions on the uh, future shift changes. Good question. Which, by the way, I'm on record. I've said I said this a week or two ago, and I will continue to harp my horn on this that. Okay, you have the pitcher and catcher. You should be able to move the other seven position players wherever you want to on the field. I just, I just, I, but I, yeah, I think we agree. Like, generally, the, the banning of the shift is ridiculous. I, yeah. I you know, but, but whatever. We're going to have to deal with it. Fine. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Zach, great question. Thank mm-hmm. you for always writing to us. And I'm not getting on you, Zach. I'm not. Oh, I know where you're going. And I'm not getting on Kevin Weiss either, although I kind of am. Let's. Let's give the 21-year-old phenom that signed uh-huh. an 11-year contract extension the chance to fail, which, by the way, he will not. He will not. Wander Franco has, has, has uh, shown that his work ethic is bar none, like just superstar level. I have the utmost confidence that this guy's not just going to be like an average shortstop. He's going to be an above average shortstop. And to the second point, yes, Taylor Walls probably is right now better than Wanda Franco at that position. Defensively. Defensively. What's wrong with having a defensive wizard at third base too? I mean, that if anything, it would make Wander even more valuable to have a guy that he can lean on on that side of the yeah. uh, of the field. So honestly, keep Wander at short. Walls being the better glove could probably adapt to a new position way better and way faster than Wander could. Um, I agree with you on all your points there. And my point a while back before, and I might have said this once Wander signed the extension, but I'm changing my viewpoint now. Um once Wander signed that extension, he's not moving off shortstop. Okay. I would have said, you know, six, eight months ago that, yeah. okay, let's see how the 2022 season unfolds. Maybe Taylor Walls, you know, earns that spot out of camp at shortstop. Then you can kind of play Wander Franco around. But now that you've locked up Wander Franco and he is your franchise player, you are not tinkering around. Eh, let's put him at third. You don't want to do anything <laughs> that disrupts the current momentum that he has as of right now. Yes. Uh, it has a little bit of a different ring of you give a, you know, 
$200 million extension to a 21-year-old third baseman compared to a 21-year-old shortstop. Mm -hmm. And let's also kind of uh, put the elephant out there in the room. Um, Taylor Wall still has to prove or show that he can hit at the big league level. At the end of the day, that's what this is about. You can be the best defensive player of all time. Okay, maybe that's a little hyperbole, but you also got the organization. Have, he was voted the best defensive glove. Okay, of, of but the he's not yet Omar Vizquel. Um, yeah, well, you got to hit. You're right. Six ten OPS, seventy seven OPS plus, and I know it's just one hundred fifty two at bats. Small sample size. I get that. He's also going to turn twenty six next year. So good point. Um, and I've looked at some of the data again. Small sample size, but. I don't think he's tapping into 15, 20 home runs and giving you a seven sixty OPS. Like he's, he smacks the ball 250, 275 feet. That's what he is. And I just think that, you know, he wasn't even on the playoff roster last year. Jordan Jordan Luplo earned a spot over Taylor walls. Like if there was an opportunity for Taylor walls to earn and be the quote unquote shortstop of the future or the immediate future, it would have been last year. And if he would have held that down, okay, I would maybe give him the, the benefit there. But the fact that so quickly they moved Wander, because I didn't Wander make his debut at third base. Uh, I don't remember. Well, it was very quick. Pretty quickly, we understood that, oh, he is, they're going to have him play shortstop every day. Honestly, I think and that's it not was, changing going forward. Remember the first month of the first three weeks that he struggled? Yeah. We always called it the first month. It was like, 15 games. But anyway, um, he struggled. I think he wasn't playing shortstop. Yeah. He was moving around second, third, maybe shortstop some days. But once he was just locked in at shortstop, then you saw the the bad grow. This is really surprising to me because uh, I thought um, you and I kind of had walls like in opposite spectrums. I wasn't... I mean, I several months ago, I yeah, did. exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, last year. But now, I'm, I'm actually, I'm jumping on the 2021 Kevin Weiss. I feel like Taylor Walls, just like let's give the 21 year old phenoms just some time. Right. Let's give Taylor Walls some time to kind of prove that he can hit. And although it's very frustrating as a fan base to just go like, man, this yeah. guy can't hit after a hundred at bats. You got to give a guy way more than that. I mean, for God's sakes, this team gave Taylor Motter yeah. more than 100 at bats. Let's give Taylor Walls 400 before we judge. I, him. I agree. I just think that you're not tinkering with that while moving Wander Franco. You're not moving Wander no. Franco around to try to appease Taylor Walls. Correct. You with move that the con- other way around. Yeah. You move Taylor Walls to appease Wander Franco. Like, let's be honest. If if Freddie Freeman isn't getting the number five jersey. If he signed with the Rays, Taylor Walls isn't getting the shortstop position. I don't care how good of a defensive player you are. Yeah. It's just, at this point, Wander is grandfathered in, sort of like Derek Jeter. Yep. Grandfathered in at short. And then when they got Alex Rodriguez, it's like, well, he might, okay, maybe what everything can tell you that, you know, A-Rod's a better shortstop, whatever, that he's a better fit at that position. But no, you're going to third. I'm you're sorry. going to third. Because yeah. you also don't want to, not saying that, Wander Rock the boat. The, yeah. Position is a big thing. Xander Bogart's not 
isn't moving off shortstop. Trevor's story is like, I want to be a shortstop. Maybe I, yeah. I maybe I want to move for maybe a year or two, but I really want to be a shortstop. Yeah. Shortstops like being yeah. a shortstop. Just and, like a starting pitcher likes being a yeah. starter. And even same thing with like, at some point it could come down for Kevin Kiermaier in his career where he's told, hey, there's a hot young prospect that is – He's re- we're playing him at center. He's, I got to move to left. I got I, I don't. I, I haven't played corner outfield since I was a rookie. Like mm-hmm. that's not. Look, players. It's happening, have, it's happening to Mike Bleeping Trout this year. Yeah, thinking about moving him to corner out, out, outfield spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it happens to everybody. Grandfather Again, time. Does uh, not, uh, players have gotten. I mean, I, look. There's been so many players that have been upset by the possible or position move like Hanley Ramirez I think put up a big stink when uh the Marlins brought in Jose Reyes and yeah eventually like there's just so many things that like players get upset about uh their jersey numbers or where they are or aren't in the batting order so and not saying that that's the thing with Wander Franco but again you're (laughs) you gave this guy this amount of money you're not uh you're not you're not he's playing short for the foreseeable future I would say let's just like you like to say, punto. That's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, so. conversation over. What's not over for me, Kevin, it's my love for chocolate. And you oh. know what has chocolate and is just so good for me? Built Bar. Built Bars, baby. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yeah, you heard me right. 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. You can just replace your candy bars and get on with this Built Bar train. Go to Built.com and you use promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off your order and you see all the macros are there, okay? Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. When you compare it to a candy bar that has over 200 and 300 calories, the decision is pretty simple. Just like keeping Wander Franco at shortstop (laughs) is a pretty simple decision to make. So today you do not want to delay. You go to built.com and you use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your order. Again, you go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your order at built.com. Uh, all right, let's get to the uh, final mailbag question of the day. This one from Daniel Perez. He uh, puts forth, uh, the Rays seem to have offered $150 million over six years to Freddie Freeman. Of course, Freddie Freeman signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, do you think... The Rays will now go after someone else of Freeman's caliber, knowing that they were willing to go the heavy on Freeman. I think this is a question that a lot of Rays fans want to um, get the answer for. I, I think Kentucky uh, oil, oil guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, remember him? Yeah. yeah. He, um, he told me, he's like, who are they going to you know, go for now? Look. Jordan Luplo. <sighs> Daniel and 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 Kentucky old guy and everybody else that wants to know. Yes, they did offer that. However, that's because Freddie Freeman's a Hall of Famer in the making. You don't just yeah. do that for a Kyle Schwarber or a Nick Castellanos or you know who's a flashy name well, that doesn't really matter. Let, like, let me put it like this: um, 
you, who else is there of Freddie Freeman's caliber out on the market? Carlos Correa is going to command basically double what Freddie Freeman got. Yep. Uh, Trevor Story, okay, but Where uh, the Rays him? aren't in the market for a shortstop or mm-hmm. a second baseman. Nope. So, I, no, you you offer that to Freddie Freeman, but you don't go big on, yeah. on other that guys. That was your chance. Yeah. Now, I will bring up a name, and let's also – just kind of keep in mind how crazy all this is that the largest free agent deal that the Rays have ever given out was to Charlie Morton for two years and $30 million. Like let's put that into perspective for a second. But if the Rays are maybe the closest thing as far as, okay, you're looking for a bopper and we've talked about the right-handed bat and everything tied in with that. Um, And this guy wouldn't, I don't think would command quite as much money as Freddie Freeman. Uh, Nick Castellanos. Or is that out of the picture? No, I don't think so. I think he's a Miami guy, right? I think he's, he's from, Miami. yeah, Davie, Florida, went to high school in Miami. His brother went to college in Miami. Uh, yeah, he is a, he's a South Florida guy. And he's How much can he command? Bat. Yeah, he's got a bat. I think the projection said like five years, 100 mil. <sighs> Depending on what... The look, thing is, you know what the thing that scares me with a guy like Castellanos? The swing and miss and the lack of walks. Well, yeah, that too. But I, you know, also the the type of player that he, once you don't have a glove, you're kind of yeah. he hasn't had hold. a glove for a long time. Yeah, they'll they stick him in the corner because they had to because he was playing in the National League. So at some point, but so if you so if you don't if you don't bring a glove with you to the park, then you only have one thing about you. You have to be a poppy. You have to be an Edgar Martinez type. I mean, last yeah, season he kind of was. That's why he opted out of that contract. Sure, this. sure. But like, can we put five years, a hundred million dollars worth of? Yeah, I think cost. I for a, for a team like the Rays, I I don't think that's the the best uh, idea. You know what? You know why I like Freddie Freeman? Not only because he's a better player than Nick Castellanos, but better leader. Yeah, and well, not I mean, I mean that all the intangibles are there, yeah. but the fact that he brings a really good glove with him. So right. at first why, base, though, yeah, sure, base. sure. But like Nick Castellanos doesn't even give you first base. Yeah. So if when the drought comes, because it's going to come, because hitting is the most difficult thing to do in all of sports. It, it it can be daunting, especially when you have a really big price tag hanging over your head. Yeah. Especially when you are in a team that does not have the financial flexibility to, to be okay with the big ticket item not performing like you wanted to. So I I yeah. don't think if it's a short term deal, I'm all in. Five years, 100 mil? No. Yeah. But if it's like three years, 80? Right. Okay. Let's talk. Well, I, I guess the other point is, even if he signed a five-year, $100 million deal, the Rays could trade him after two years or a year. Sure. Like they can kind of play with that as they will. Uh, the other thing, too, working against the Rays and possible interest in Nick Castellanos is that he is a Scott Boris client, uh, client so that hurts. Um, and uh, I know the Phillies have been heavy on him, too. So yeah. maybe he's you know kind of partnering crime with... Bryce Harper. And I just sort of get the impression, not that he's a malcontent by any means, but I just don't know how he would fit with the Rays culture. I think he's kind of like Josh Donaldson. He brings an edge. Yeah. Which, which, again, Tommy Pham has an edge. So you can love guys that have an edge, and that's okay. 
Um, it seems like the Rays clubhouse is loosey goosey, mm-hmm. and it's like everybody loves everybody. Have you ever watched that semi pro movie with Will Ferrell? I have, but it's been a very, very long time. It's one of my favorite really bleeping comedies. It's so everybody love everybody. Really? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, so that's kind of like what the clubhouse feels like. Everybody love everybody, and it can. I I am okay with bringing Tommy Pham back because. I understand the on base. Yeah. He's been there before. The guys loved him. Even the 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 cuddly guys like yeah. Willie Adamas and G-Man Choi could not get enough of Tommy Pham. So I'm okay with bringing him back. Nick Castellanos, I understand what you're saying. Short term, sign me up. Five yeah. years, uh, 100 mil, I think that's a little bit too rich for right. somebody who's just bringing a stick. Yeah. Um. So that's look, I think the Rays are going to continue to shop and eventually find that right-handed bat or that bat first type of guy. It's just there's not another Freddie Freeman on the market that the Rays are going after. So maybe it is going to the bargain bin, so to speak, and going after Tommy Pham or yeah. Jorge Soler. Like I think they're definitely going to add, I would think, somebody, but uh, the idea that they're going after somebody comparable and willing to give the money that's comparable to what Freddie Freeman commanded, I don't think that's going to happen. And by the way, I know that I was really stoked about Nelson Cruz last year, and I was okay with bringing him back. Yeah. But that has another intangible in it. You know, obviously being a veteran guy, and and I want right. a Rosarena and Wander and all the all the young kids to learn from Nelson. Um, he only brings a stick. But then again. He's almost had 500 home runs. Right. So I trust the back end of that resume. Yeah. In that CV more than Nick Castellanos's. Yeah. And again, it, it can't be ignored just how much of a clubhouse positive impact that Nelson Cruz. A hundred percent. Castellanos isn't, he's not bringing that level of what Cruz and Freeman would. Right. As far as day in and day out. I'm just going to leave it like that. And, of course, uh, Seiya Suzuki signed with the uh, Cubs, right? I think I don't know what the Cubs are doing. I don't know what the Reds are doing. I don't know, I don't what, know the what the Rockies, Rockies are, are doing. doing. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Uh, crazy town. By the way, uh, if you're on YouTube, uh, it kind of got dark on yeah, us. Yeah, we so. forgot to turn the lights off. Or Whoops. on, I should say. Oh, well. Hey, oh, it's well. Uh, late night with the uh, Lockdown Rays, I guess. And let me there just say this. I did mention Seiya Suzuki. The idea that... Uh, I, I don't. I really don't want to get on a soapbox here, but the idea that Yoshi Satsugo didn't work out, like that has no, that should have no bearing on whether the Rays would or would not go Correct. after Suzuki. They're two different players. So just because a guy was on, you know, you draft a guy out of Vanderbilt and he didn't work out, so you're not going to draft another guy out of Vanderbilt. Like what? No, you got to. They're. That's like saying, oh, I once met a Venezuelan and he was just the worst. Yeah. So guy. all Venezuelan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I met this guy from Indiana. Like, come on. No. Yeah. Well, that's a different case. Hey. Anyway, but <laughs> yes, that's yeah. We shouldn't even. I do understand that. Um, you know, you can bring up the level of competition, the fact that they haven't been exposed to high velocity sure. fastballs consistently, but um, I, it, it goes beyond that. I'll just say that. Uh, anyway, good mailbag you. episode. Yes. Good questions, guys. Danny, and- Zach. Darren, thank mm-hmm. you. And if you want to be heard, you can send us your mailbag questions, lockedonraise at gmail.com or voice memos as well, uh, preferably 60 seconds or less if you want to hear 
uh, your voice heard on the Locked on Rays podcast. Okay, uh, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you for making this podcast, Locked on Rays, your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on MLB podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we will talk to you tomorrow.